Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Next Steps Podcast. Um, yeah, so as I said earlier, we'll be doing a Q&A segment after every five episodes. So this is going to be the second Q&A segment. That's questions and answers segment. Um, I'm sorry I've not been able to release an episode again. <laughs> you know, wow, this is the second time I'm saying this. <laughs> I hope there will not be a third. Anyway, there's some... Um, issues we're facing in our country right now if you're not nigerians possibly you're listening from another country and you don't know what's going on it's it's pretty much like an end to police brutality and to the size unit of police officials that are killing people necessarily and causing mayhem instead of abolishing it so anyways it's it's like a protest movement so it's been a lot to take in actually so a lot is going on you can go and research on it there are so many videos about it, so many Instagram posts. So do more to educate yourself and join the movement in so many ways. You can do that in so many ways without actually protesting. So yeah, I encourage you to do that. So anyways, it's been a lot to take in. There are so many um, things that have been going on. It just like caught me off guard. Okay, let me not say off guard because like 2020 has been like... <laughs> It has been a survival season because it has tested in so many ways. <laughs> While you're trying to get up from one, I don't want to sit you down. So I actually expected something. I expected a big thing to happen in Nigeria. I did get during this year before the year runs out. But like this one just happened and I don't know. I was possibly not prepared for it at all because it just like threw me off balance. <laughs> So I've been trying to get myself back. I felt like I wasn't ready to release anything public yet because like I wasn't in the right state of mind. So I've been I've been trying to do more of personal time with God, you know. But yeah, thankfully I am back on my feet and I am ready to continue because I feel like I've been this hopeless before and God helped me. So I feel like God can use me to help others pass through this hopeless phase. So yeah. And okay, so y'all sent me your questions, a lot of questions actually, because these questions have been sent since the last episode. So there are a lot of them, but I will try to answer as much as I can. Anyone that I can answer now, I will definitely be answering probably on my Instagram story or in the next QA segment. So yeah, so yes, let's move on to the questions for the week. And I hope, um, <laughs> yes, before I forget. While you guys are sending me your questions for me to answer, I feel like I don't know everything, to be honest. I also have questions that I need answers to. So I don't know if personally, while you guys can be sending me your questions, I'll also be sending you my questions through this podcast and I'll be reviewing the answers from you guys. I'll possibly be also saying it on the Q&A segment. That's probably going to be on the next Q&A segment. I'll see how that goes. Okay. But for now, I will be trying to answer as much as possible the questions you guys sent to me. Okay, so question one. I listened to your Faith versus Works episode. Does it mean that only those who do good will go to heaven? If yes, 
Then why did Jesus say in Matthew 21, 31, I tell you the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you? Um, first of all, thanks for asking. I think you probably didn't fully understand my point in that episode, but I'll be happy to explain anyways because like, that's the point of this whole segment. <laughs> we are saved by faith because nothing we can ever do can grant us salvation except by clinging to the obedience of Jesus or the cross. That means good people in our sense do not go to heaven because our standard of good is not even an iota of God's standard. And the Bible says that all have sinned and have fallen short of God's graces. So as humans, we cannot be good, and so our actions can never be good. But in faith, we become a part of Christ's body, and so we become joined to the only one that is good, which is God. But then note, and this is the delicate part I need you to pay good attention, because this is the part that actually helps you to understand the difference between faith and works helping you to get salvation. The faith we are saved by is the one that is shown and can be proven through your actions and deeds. To have faith in Jesus is to also obey him because in John 14, 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. To love God is the first and greatest commandment said by Jesus himself. 1 John 5, 3 tells us, For our love of God means that we should obey his commandments. So rather than looking at faith and works as two different things, it'll make more sense, especially in Christianity, that they are actually put together and they work simultaneously. One cannot exist without the other. So our obedience is not a reason for our salvation, but it is an expression of our faith in Jesus. Your faith will cause you to um, stay away from wrong and to be a better person. Even in the verse you mentioned, let's go up like a verse or two. In Matthew 21, 28, it says, um, this is a parable of the two sons. Um, basically, the summary of it all is that one of the sons refuses to go, but then later goes to the work that the father has, has sent him, while the other agreed to go, but in the end, he didn't. The tax collectors and the prostitutes that are going to heaven are those that are willing to change their ways and eventually do the work that they've been called to do. And do not remain in their sinful state so even if they were sinners at some point they realized okay i need to turn away from this sin and they actually did turn away into righteousness and holiness and did the work that they've been called to do the love of god does not judge you based on your state of holiness it is strong enough to love us even in our sin but yet that love is even stronger to love us through our sin and out of it as paul says in philippians 3 9 I no longer have a righteousness of my own, the kind gained by obeying the law. I now have a righteousness that is given through faith in Christ. That means our righteousness is not as a result of us obeying every single commandment or cramming every verse of the Bible. It has to do with your faith in Christ. But then the more you have faith in Christ, the more you want to know him, the more you want to know him, the more you want to love him, the more you want to love him, the more you want to like what he likes and hate what he hates. The more you want to read his word and see what he's like you want to obey him so that you can please him but this faith is a working faith and not the dormant one because even the same paul states in galatians 5 6 for in christ jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love your faith has to be working through love as we know love is the greatest commandment so your faith must work with obeying god's commandment And that is the kind of faith that actually leads to salvation. I hope I have been able to 
um, answer your question. Question two, does God speak? If yes, how? If you're referring to the Moses or Samuel's kind of communication with God, then I haven't been privileged enough to hear God speaking face to face with me because like, you know, that, that, that I feel, hopefully it's going to come in the future, but like as of present, I, I've not been able to like <laughs> hear God's voice, God's outside voice, like Michelle, Michelle, you know, no, I've not had that kind of encounter with God yet. But God also speaks indirectly on more occasions to people, especially in these times. Sometimes through his word, through others, it all depends. God often speaks to me most times in whispers, and I'll explain what I mean. God has an outside voice, and he's not afraid to use it. But when God wants to be heard, when what he has to say is too important to miss, he often speaks in a whisper. Whispering is typically employed for sake of secrecy no form of communication is more intimate than whispering so why does god often speak in whispers you really have to get very close to hear somebody that is speaking in a whisper you have to lean towards a whisper and that's all god ever wants from us for us to lean towards him to draw closer to him to move away from all distractions and all noise from the outside world and just listen to him if I recall, when God used his outside trembling voice on the Israelites to give the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament, they were all frightened almost to death. I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same experience for each and every one of us. So much so that they begged Moses to go up to the mountain and speak to God alone on their behalf or else they might die of fright. I started from the book of Genesis to follow up on God's relationships with the Israelites and then I got to discover that more of their reason for obeying God wasn't out of respect or reverence or love for him. It was more out of fear. As much as God wants us to fear him, he also wants us to love him even more. And that's why the Israelites disobeyed God and got rejected from him most of the time. On so many encounters and so many um, times, anytime possibly the current leader or the current judge of the Israelite died, they went back to their sin they went back to disobeying god because there was nobody to carry out god's judgment on them fear fades away with time love does not and so this time around god is taking a second approach towards humanity from the new testament up until now through jesus rather than destroying enemies or um evil people by fire and brimstone he's forgiven rather than his strong scary stern voice his whispering rather than fear he wants love only those who truly love him will get close enough to him to listen to his whisper and actually obey it. Although it may seem crazy at first, because nothing has the potential to change your life than the whisper of God. Nothing will determine your future more than your ability to hear that still small voice. And that's why I can't overemphasize the importance of reflection and meditation. This podcast was as a result of finally getting rid of excuses and having alone time with God. No distractions, no noise, no music, no nothing, just you and him. And also a desire to listen and obey his voice when he speaks. Because sometimes, most time, we, we test God. You, you, want to, you want to listen to him just so you see if what I'm saying checks out. You don't want to listen to him because you want to hear what he has to say or you have any plan of obeying it. So God sees our inner, inner heart. He knows exactly what you're thinking at every point in time. If your reason for wanting to hear from him is not valid, he will not speak to you. 
and most times actually it doesn't even depend on our actions or what we say or what we feel or what we think if god wants to speak to you he's going to speak to you so i feel um yes god does speak and he speaks in different ways and if you haven't heard from god um you should be patient enough because uh he's going to speak to you if he wants to and also you should try and seek his face more often more diligently with all humility avoid all distractions reflect more this means not just reading his word like the bible is a storybook it's not a storybook it's it's a manual of life so um read with more in depth and um try to reflect more on every word that you read and hopefully god is going to give you an experience that you cannot forget so yeah that is my answer for that question we are moving on to the next question question three and it says hey michelle really love your episode about speaking out and not being afraid is it okay to try and convert my muslim friend i don't know how to go about it if a person is muslim and does everything right but is not a christian does he go to hell like no matter how you put it to them it it kind of sounds offensive okay first of all i really appreciate you for listening to my podcast and loving it i hope you also share this in the process now back to your question um let's take a look at the great commission because like that's our guidance on what we we've been called to do and the work we've been given it says in matthew 28 19 go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you to make disciples is to teach people to follow jesus and to teach them is to tell them of the good news of christ's gospel to tell them of the good news is to tell them according to acts 13 39 that it is only through jesus that our sins are forgiven only through him I don't really know much about Islam, but the least I know is that they don't believe in Jesus as the Son of God, or they don't even believe in Jesus as the only hope of salvation. So I'm pretty sure you know if it's okay to convert your Muslim friends. I, I, I think you know the answer to that. I think the problem lies in whether you want to offend them or not. It is called the Great Commission. It is not a suggestion. It is not an appeal. It is not Jesus begging you. It is a command. It is an instruction. There are no two ways about it. You don't have the option to not obey it. It is one it is basically one of the purpose of your existence. And the power you said you don't know how to go about it. That's where the Holy Spirit basically comes in. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of boldness and of confidence and he will definitely instruct you on what to say when the time comes. John fourteen fifteen says, But you know him because he remains with you and he is in you. As long as you're a Christian and you totally believe in Jesus and you're obeying his commands and you love him on and you love him, the Holy Spirit already resides in you through baptism. Acts two eighteen says, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will proclaim my message. So the Holy Spirit is the one that will help you proclaim the message that has been given to you. It's not done by your power, it's not your word. The Holy Spirit is just using you to convey that message. So you don't even need to worry about how you go about it. It's going to come basically by the Holy Spirit. Don't place not wanting to offend anybody over God's command. That's one of the biggest mistakes that you can make. And we actually make so many times. If Jesus was worried about not wanting to offend the high priest or Pilate, do you think we would have been saved? You can't please God and man. You have to choose and have it in mind that... Your choice, basically, is going to determine your eternity and where you spend it. 
In John 15:20, Jesus assures you of persecution if you are going to be fully obeying him. Verses 22 says, They would not have been guilty of the sin if I had not come and spoken to them. As it is, they no longer have any excuse for their sin. So preaching the gospel to people, especially unbelievers, is a very um, good way to remove any excuses that they might have later on for continuing in their sin or in their unbelief. Speaking about Jesus to others will also prove that you have been with him and you belong to him from the very beginning. For the part where you said that it might kind it, it kind of sounds offensive. For you not wanting to sound offensive, um I would like to quote to Galatians 1:10. And this is bit this is my best verse in the entire Bible. I love this verse so much. It says, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. To be honest, I just want to tell you that you're not the only one going through the struggle of wanting to please others above God. I do it sometimes. I'm not proud of it because um, 100% of those times I end up regretting my decision. God always should always come first. Pleasing Him should always come first in your life. If you're ashamed of Him now, He says He's going to be ashamed of you in front of His Father. So offending them or not shouldn't even be your problem. Your problem should be um, making sure to have proper guidance by the Holy Spirit on what you say to them when that time comes. In John 12, 42, um, it says, Even then, they loved human approval rather than the approval of God. Do not hesitate to tell them about Jesus. Do not seek their approval. Seek the approval of God because God's opinion about you is what is going to actually count, not other people. Then in your last question where you said if a person is Muslim and does good but is not Christian, is he going to go to hell? I would like to quote John 3.16. Most times when people ask me this question about is it a sin to do this, is this not a sin to do this, will a person go to hell if they do this, will a person not go to hell if they do this, I don't like to answer directly because I feel like the Bible is, is basically a manual of everything you need to know. To pull you through life and you have it most times when we ask these questions and see i'm talking from experience here i feel it's the same with every one of us it's not actually out of ignorance that we ask this question it's actually the fact that we don't want to accept the truth we're trying to say okay we're trying to look for an excuse to not accept the truth you know these things you know if it's a sin or not you know if this is right or wrong you know if this will lead you to hell or not we know this deep down inside because the holy spirit is in you and your conscience is like the voice of god in you the law and the commandments that we're supposed to follow has been written in our hearts so you basically know everything that is a sin or not so what i do most of the time i won't tell you this is a sin is not a sin you know it i will just quote scriptures that i feel um is related to that question and i'll leave god to do the rest convincing if you want to do your way fine if you don't want to do your way fine okay so in this case I would cite John 3 16. He said, For God so loved the world. Everybody knows this verse. Someone I can't just do a strapped primary school. <laughs> it says, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. If a person doesn't believe in Jesus, you cannot have everlasting life. Because you can't do good in the absence of God, which is Jesus. Finally, Romans 
14 1 says welcome those who are weak in faith but do not argue with them about their personal opinions this is very 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 important people while you're preaching to them about jesus do it in love do it in respect do it in humility do not let it lead to an argument because it means that you you are, you are trying to make yourself the center of the whole process of converting them you are just to preach the message to them try to convince them but once you see that it's leading to a debate or it's leading to an argument just back out because that is not your work that is the work of the holy spirit your own is just to like bring forth the good news to them and introduce them into what god is offering them through jesus and you leave holy spirit to do the argument and the convincing don't let it lead to a form of you trying to feel superior over them or um, trying to be proud, feeling that you, you are more at an advantaged position than them. That's when it actually, most times, it might actually lead to you pushing them away from um, the family of God and not bringing them into the fold. So you want to be careful about that. And that's where the Holy Spirit, always the Holy Spirit's guidance comes in. He helps you to not deviate from the main point and actually focus on what's important. While facing persecution, because most times not everybody wants to listen to this. Trust me, I'm talking from experience. <laughs> some people will actually receive it in good faith. Um, some people will not receive it, but then will back out and will tell you, okay, no, they, they, they don't want to believe. Okay. Some people will not receive it, but then will actually make you feel bad for saying it. <laughs> so there are different kind of people. Uh, basically... It's it's normal as a Christian. You should you should get used to it. It's not something that you would like, but I feel you should get prepared for it because it's going to come. Persecutions are going to come. Insults are going to come. Hatred is going to come. Friendships are going to be broken. Relationships are going to be scattered because of what you're saying. Not everybody wants to hear the truth. Not everybody wants to hear that what they're doing or what they've been doing or what they've been believing since they were born is wrong. But you're still going to have to do it anyways. But when those persecution comes on account of obeying God, let Romans 8.18 be your encouragement. It says, I consider that what we suffer in this present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. So when you're feeling discouraged, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling like you, you don't want to do this, look at the bigger picture and let Jesus' suffering be your strength. So that's my take on that question. I hope I have um, answered it well enough. Moving on. (laughs) So question four. Hey, Michelle, I'd like to ask, why do good things happen to bad people and then vice versa? If God is really just, why does he let good people suffer? Well, I really can't answer for God because he alone knows why he allows certain things to happen the way they do. We might figure out later with time as things unfold, but then here are some few things that I've come to discover about God. In the case of good people suffering, well, there are a lot of instances of that happening in the Bible. One of the reasons that God allows good people to suffer is to test you or to test us. Take, for instance, the case of Job, who was a good man in all aspects. God loved him so much. He boasted about him in heaven, and then the devil took permission to inflict pain on him to test him. I'd like to know that every single thing needs approval from God, even your suffering, for it to actually happen. Job's suffering was to prove his loyalty and his love for God, despite the circumstances. So, God allows good people to suffer because... 
he wants to see if they actually love him because of what he's offering to them because of what he can give them or they love him because they love him because they they want to know him because they want to please him because they want to serve him because they are seeing that he is good so to see the difference between that god tests us through pains and suffering no god doesn't test us god allows us to be tested through pains and through sufferings and through trials another reason is to bring glory to god i might have mentioned this earlier but the first reason for anything happening for everything coming into existence the first reason for nature for humanity for angels for saints for the entire universe is to bring glory to god even your existence is to bring glory to god if god solely created you and allowed you to pass through hard times just so that he could rescue you and get you out of it and then be glorified by his power who are you to dispute that and john 9 1 it makes mention of a blind man that jesus and his disciples came across on the way and then his blindness as jesus said wasn't even because of his sin or his parents sin but it was just to bring glory to god God also allows his children to suffer so that our weaknesses may be scraped off and our characters can be built and shaped to be more like Christ. Let me explain. There is one saying that I love so much and it goes, you don't realize that God is all you need until God is all you have. You don't realize that God is all you need until God is all you have. Hard times builds our faith and makes us depend on God more, especially when we're in situations that are out of our control. Notice how how many people, including myself, got closer to God when this pandemic started. God lets us pass through persecutions to sharpen our perseverance. God lets us suffer so we can pray to Him more. God lets us go through hard times so that we can depend on His power and His power alone to see us through them. God might keep from answering our prayers directly just so that He could answer them through our relationships and connections with others. By that, we learn fellowship and we learn how to interact more with other people. If God sees you're lacking faith or being honest or being prayerful, best believe that he will allow you to pass through hard times that will require only those characters for you to get out of. God says in Jeremiah 29 verses 11, For I alone know the plans I have for you, plans of prosperity and not of disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. Believing in this through hard times is what makes us Christians. Jesus has already assured us that bad things, a lot of them will happen to us, especially when we are trying to follow him. Because we are not of this world. In John 14, 30, he says, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me. The ruler of this world are the evil powers and principalities of darkness in these times that we fight against. So we are in a constant battle with them. Do you think then that they, would, they wouldn't try everything within their power to turn you away from God? In John 16.33, yeah, 16, it says, In the world you will have tribulations, but rejoice, I have overcome the world. We are going to have tribulations, but then we should rejoice because he has already overcome the world. So that is the hope that keeps us going. And this is the hope that we have as Christians. Yes, we might be hated or abused or shamed in this world, but it doesn't end here because our King and Messiah had overcome all troubles we might be facing now and we will be glorified with him soon. Good things also happen to bad people. Yes, God approves it also. 
he probably might want to give them enough time to change because he's extremely merciful and also they're in union with the evil powers of this world so i mean they are of this world they are going along with all the evil deeds and all the bad things so obviously everything is going to go well for them things don't go well for us because we are not up here things will go well for us when we go to the place where we belong things go well for them because they are up here things will not go well for them when they go away from here away from this earth because they are not up there so that's that's basically how it works but then should you join them just because things are going well for them psalm 37 one says don't be worried on account of the wicked don't be jealous of those who do wrong they will soon disappear like grass that dries up so no don't join them their end is not a good one even if they are enjoying now as they said they will soon be be dried up like grass everything you see is is very um it's temporary it's not permanent i don't feel it's wise for you to want a temporary enjoyment at the expense of a permanent one proverbs 10 28 also says the hopes of good people lead to joy but wicked people can look forward to nothing as christians you know everything is going wrong and you know things don't go the way you want and you know if you join the evil people things are going to go better than the way they are going for you now but our only um hope is that we're looking forward to eternity with god we're looking forward to eternity of rest of enjoyment of laughter of light of love of fun of being with god's family of being in god's presence forever and ever and ever and ever and never ending but the wicked people on the other hand have nothing to look forward to in fact they have something to look forward to they have eternity in hell to look forward to they have eternity in darkness eternity in torture eternity in pain to look forward to so you know i mean weigh your options and which one would you rather prefer the complexities of life aren't random i feel god has planned everything every single thing he even warns us of things to come even before they start happening if you feel god is wrong in making good people suffer what would you say about the prophets and the apostles that were killed because of their faith or even jesus the son of god suffered and then died shamefully why would god approve of that it's easy for us to say now that because we needed to be saved from death and he took our punishment because he loved us but at that time while jesus was being crucified the disciples didn't even understand why this was happening although jesus told them through parables or plainly they couldn't still understand at the time of his crucifixion until later on if the disciples didn't risk their lives and die in the process of spreading the good news how would it have reached us all the way here how would we have been saved what hope would we have had god's actions takes time to understand for small-minded creatures like us so don't even bother it's not in your place to figure out the reasons why he does certain things all you need to do is to trust him entirely through everything he knows what he's doing he always has and he always will and and he told jeremiah in jeremiah 1 5 he says i knew you before i formed you in your mother's womb and before you were born i consecrated you he knew you he always he has always known you even before he formed you in your mother's womb he knew you before you were born he has consecrated you i don't know about you but i feel god loves me way too much to let me suffer for nothing so that that's what i basically just cling to you know it, it's easy sometimes yeah it's easy to to say all these things when you're not going through hard times but when when problems actually comes <laughs> it might be very hard but then 
that's that's the essence of his word. His word is a shield. His word is a hiding place. It means that anytime you feel discouraged, you can always run to the word and remind yourself every time that God loves you unconditionally. Unconditionally means it doesn't depend on anything you do. You you deserve nothing. You deserve you don't deserve his love. You don't deserve his affection. You don't deserve to exist. But he still loves you. So I feel if somebody loves you unconditionally, I mean, why why would the person let you let you suffer for no good reason? So. Yeah, we should all feel that everything that happens happens for a reason and try to embrace and see God's hand in it. So, yeah, that would be my take on that. Moving on to question five, and this will be our last question for this week. So, question five What makes Christians so sure of heaven? I do believe in Jesus, but I'm still scared that I might go to hell. Well, it kind of sounds to me that your faith is shaken. And then Hebrews 11.6 tells us that you can't please God without faith. So you need to work at that. And then again, Paul explains in, I think, Ephesians 2.8, that by Christ's death, our salvation no longer depends on our actions anymore, but our faith. Faith is believing. It is the assurance of things hoped for and the certainty of things not seen. We as Christians need to totally entrust our lives here on earth and after to God because it is only then we can actually find true peace and really be saved. Don't feel like you're the only one going through these things because everybody sins at some point. But the difference between being a Christian and others is that our heaven doesn't depend on our actions anymore. Jesus has already taken away all our sins, both past, present, and future. The devil knows this fact and that's why his first resort is to incite fear in us and diminish our faith. Without faith, you're nothing. Don't give in. God is infinitely merciful beyond your understanding. If you feel you might go to hell, it's probably because you've sinned and then you don't feel close to God anymore. But God is ready to forgive and forget your sins as many times as you sin. It says in Hebrew 8.12, I'll remember your sins no more. You also need to stop thinking that God's closeness to you is dependent on your level of righteousness or holiness. God is with you. God has been with you. God is with you and God will always be with you when you sin and when you don't. Jesus even came all the way to earth for sinners. But this doesn't mean that you should be comfortable in your bad ways or in your sins. Jesus changes evil to good, so be ready to change. But also know that God's love and mercy and promises are constant. Trust in his words. In Acts 2.26, it cites David's hope in God and then it says, And I, mortal though I am, will rest assured in hope, because you will not abandon me in the world of the dead. This is the hope that we are rest assured in, because we are mortals, we are humans, yes, we are prone to sin, but our hope is that God's, um, God's constant mercy will not change because of our sinful ways. He will always love us and he will always be merciful to us to take us out of those sins. And this is the hope that we have. Through Jesus, we believe in resurrecting with him on the last day. Like John 11:25 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live, even though they die. And all those who live and believe in me will never die. Do you believe this? He's asking you, do you believe because it's very important that you believe. Your belief is, um, is a necessity for this to apply to you. You have to believe before it can apply to you. Our hope also rests in the fact that if God whom we serve 
can raise Jesus from the dead to life. That means he has power over death. He will also raise us, his chosen people, to life. John 14, 19 says, And because I live, you also will live. I'm pretty sure you must have noticed that I cited uh, more Bible verses in this question. You can't build your faith, especially concerning your eternity, without reflecting on God's word. God's word like, is the only assurance of our destination, the place that we've not been to yet, of our future. But we are sure of that because God's word is constant. There are still so many verses to teach you and to make you certain of your destination, but I can't say them all here. But I encourage you to read your Bible more often so you can have a counter for whatever bad messages the devil sends to you. Finally, from Psalms 23, a very popular chapter, verses 6, it says, Surely, definitely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell, I shall stay, I shall remain in the house of the Lord forever. Not just now, but forever. Let his words encourage you. And may you trust and remain steadfast in this constant word that never changes. This is my prayer for you. so we're done with this Q&A segment thank you for listening this far for those of you that I answered the questions on here um, I hope I answered it to your fulfillment if not and you still have doubts or you still have concerns or you still need explaining more explaining um, please feel free to reach out to me I'll be more than glad to help with that for those of you that have not answered the question i'll be doing more of the answering of questions on my instagram story because like there were a lot of questions i don't think i will be able to like answer all of them in the next q a segment uh, for updates on more episodes and more segments and uploads um instagram instagram account michelle and Eagle, please reach out there um till next week same time same place stay safe stay blessed and i hope god's blessings will be on you and your family till the next time we meet have a great week